Welcome to the Lance Lambert Ministries podcast. For more information on Lance's ministry, visit lancelambert.org. Would you turn to Deuteronomy and chapter 32? Deuteronomy chapter 32, from verse 11. As an eagle that stirreth up her nest, that fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her pinions, So the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no foreign God with him. He made him ride on the high places of the earth, and he did eat the increase of the field. And he made him to suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock, butter of the herd and milk of the flock, with fat of lambs and rams of the breed of Bashan, and goats with the finest of the wheat and of the blood of the grape, thou drankest wine. And then again in Exodus, in chapter 19, from verse 3, the 19th chapter of Exodus, from verse 3, And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be mine own possession from among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And then, again, in the book of Job, chapter 39, from verse 27, book of Job, chapter 39, from verse 27. Is it at thy command that the eagle mounteth up and maketh her nest on high? On the cliff she dwelleth and maketh her home upon the point of the cliff and the stronghold. From thence she spieth out the prey. Her eyes behold it afar off. Her young ones also suck up blood. And where the slain are, there is she. And lastly in Isaiah, end chapter 40, from verse 27. Isaiah 40, from verse 27. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and the justice due to me is passed away from my God? Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to him that hath no might, He increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint 
and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall, but they that wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It is very interesting in the particularly Old Testament. Of course, there are some references in the New Testament, particularly in Matthew and Revelation. Um, to the eagle. But it is interesting how in the Old Testament, somehow or other, this eagle um, captured the imagination of the people. I don't think it is so remarkable when one has seen an eagle. Um, it's so sad to see them in the zoo, uh, in an aviary. Uh, but... Uh, once or twice I have seen eagles. Here in Europe, I've only ever seen them when they've been tiny specks. But in Israel, on two or three occasions, I've seen them quite close to, because they're more common. And it, they really are the most magnificent bird. I remember once we were coming back, I think, from Ashkelon to Jerusalem on the mountain road. And I think I was with Paul at that time. Um, and uh, we were coming down the Vale of Sorek, or right high up, on the mountain road, and a German car had stopped in front of us, so we both said, oh, you know, so fools, suddenly stopping like that. And then we saw an enormous bird, so ungainly. It seemed, of course, I always exaggerate, but it seemed as if its wings <laughs> stretched from side to side of the road, but they must have been a six-foot span. And so ungainly, it was just hopping about like this. And then suddenly it got off, and, when, and then we saw four or five others up high, circling round. It had come down to something that had been killed by a car and was inspecting it. <laughs> when this German tourist car uh, pulled up behind it rather suddenly, and of course, off it went. It was a great thrill. I remember another occasion when we were in Galilee. Um, uh, we sudden, I suddenly saw out of the car window this great bird. Um, sitting on a dead tree. And I yelled, I think it was also again, Paul, I yelled at Paul, stop, stop! And he very gently drew the car to a stop. And then we got it. And this bird was so interested that it had bent right forward to look at us and fell <laughs> off its perch. <laughs> I've never forgotten. It was just so funny to see this bird going forward and forward and forward to look round a bush to see us. And we were looking like this round the bush. And the bird fell off. <laughs> then we saw its mate on a, an elect, electricity pylon, a power pylon, a little farther down the thing. It was very exciting to see it with its long sort of baggy trousers and magnificent head and so on. It, it sort of a thrill went uh, through you. Uh, the other bird, by the way, was a vulture. Um, uh, the one before the one, the, the, the one I've just mentioned was an eagle but the Bible doesn't make too much distinction between the vulture these birds were all sort of lumped together on this one Hebrew word but it's very interesting to see such a bird when we were in Sinai this summer in south suddenly we heard the great wings flapping and saw this enormous bird flying by huge black and white lamagaya Magnificent as it's slow. No wonder they thought of the eagle as the king of birds. But it, it, there's much more to it than that. 
the eagle is an incredible bird for the way it takes care of its young. Not only does it build its nest in the most inaccessible spots, high up in the mountains, on the cliffs, but the way it cares for its babies. And then there comes a point when mother and father decide somehow, they know the children have reached a certain age where they've got to be tipped out of the nest. And then the eagle actually begins to destroy the nest until she turfs the whole lot out. And then she bears them on her wings, carries them up, and suddenly drops, so they fall. And they have to find their own wings. And then swoops under them and catches them. Most extraordinary. Now it is this that caught Moses' imagination. And when the Lord spoke to him, he said to him, as an eagle that stirreth up her nest, disturbs the nest, flutters over her young, spreadeth aboard her wings, beareth them on her pinions, um, uh, taketh them and beareth them upon her, so the Lord alone did lead him. You know, the Lord has such a love for you and me. And the first thing the Lord does with us when he saves us is, if we will only let him, he gets us into the nest. Now, I don't know how many of you are really in the nest. You see, you don't have one eagle per nest. That's how most people seem to think of it. Here's a little nest with an eagle in, and the Lord's looking after the eaglet. And here is another nest with a little eaglet in the Lord. No, no, no. There's a, a nest where we're all together. It's a lovely picture. God has set the solitary in families. This kind of go to church on Sunday is not Christianity. Just to put in an appearance, look, sing a hymn, listen, spectate and go. That is not the Christian life. We are supposed to have a relationship to the Lord and a relationship to one another in the Lord. A caring relationship. And there is a place where at the beginning we are in the nest, where we are fed, where we are warm, where we are settled, where we are looked after. It's very nice. You found that, some of you. Everything's done for you. A word comes on time. You know, just when you need it, the word comes. Oh! Just when you were about to collapse, the word of the Lord comes. Oh, you say, thank you. Just like mother and father eagle there with a tidbit. Just when you need it. Everything is done beautifully. The bird actually, um, not very pleasant subject, but swallows the food and then resuscitates it so that it is exactly right for the baby. Or whatever it is. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's something that is done that helps the baby to receive the food in a way that it can assimilate it. Now, you know, that's just what the Lord does with us. There are times when the Lord takes something and he gives it just for us. And in a message like this this morning, there is something for everybody. There's something very simple that will just meet someone who's just found the Lord, there is something deeper for someone who is facing some problem 
of going on with the Lord. There's just something for all of it. It is so wonderful when the Lord just prepares food for us. And you know, the nest is a wonderful thing. Warmth, security. You might be high up on a pinnacle. You, when you're in the eagle's nest, you hardly know it. It's mother and father that do all the work. Flying around, soaring up into the heavens, spying out the prey, catching the food, preparing the food, and bringing it to the... The babies don't know anything about that. They don't know anything about the warfare. They don't know anything about all the sort of problems that go on to provide and prepare for them. They're in the nest. Very cozy. Very secure. Very warm. And then there comes a day when the Lord disturbs the nest. Very upsetting. He pulls it to pieces. You can't think the Lord would ever do a thing like that. Pulls it to pieces and does even more. Flutters. So makes such a wind that the babies don't know what's happening until they just fall out. Now I mean... If it was an apple tree, it would be kinder. But when you're right up on high, some inaccessible crag with a 2,000-foot drop and Father Eagle or Mother Eagle simply starts to shake the nest to pieces and then tip the babies out, it really is a most frightening experience. Maybe some of you younger believers are just about getting to that stage. You don't know what's happening to you. Somehow or other, that lovely, comfortable, settled, secure existence that you've had since the day you were saved till now is being threatened. Sometimes you may feel that it is the enemy that's doing it, but it isn't. It's the Lord. It's time for you to learn how to fly. And so the Lord has to somehow tip you out into the world. Now you may feel that your real world is the nest. But your nest is only part of the world. Your, in a very real sense, your world is the heaven. And you've got to learn to fly. You'll never do it while you're being fed and cared for and You've got those lovely feathers of mother and father eagle all around you. No snow, no frost. No cold winds. Just cared for all the way through. But there has to come a time when the nest gets disturbed. Now, I don't know what your nest is, but there are times when the Lord pulls it to pieces and then starts to create such a disturbance that you don't know what is happening. And before you know where you are, you're hurtling in space. Don't fear. Suddenly, the Lord will come under you. Just at the right moment. As you're falling. I am told that one of the best ways to teach a person to swim is to throw the baby in at the deep end. I do not um, advise you to follow this, but I have heard it. 
that somehow other, in many ways, you know, once we really are faced when we're younger, there is something within us which immediately starts to respond. Now, don't follow my advice on that, those of you with young families. But certainly the eagle does it with the young. There's no other way for the baby to find its wings. You see, we are all the same in this matter. Once we're looked after and cared for, we're quite happy to go on. Now, so much of evangelical Christianity has become such a pew, uh, uh, pulpit-pew relationship that the vast amount of believers have become spectators. They have become eternal eaglets. Always fed, 11 o'clock Sunday morning, 6.30 Sunday evening, and sometimes, not even then, only Sunday morning, and sometimes, of course, a midweek meeting for a little bit of sustenance on the way. But somehow or other, the whole of our Christian life, of the sort of atmosphere of it, is that we are those who are on the receiving end, receiving end. We'll never, ever use our wings. It's only when suddenly we're tipped out and we have to use our wings. We First, it is terrible. All we do is fall. And I suppose uh, you can imagine that eaglet just falling like a stone for a while till all of a sudden he says, I must do something. Perhaps it starts to go like that. <laughs> and suddenly the fall downwards is halted. And then father's underneath. Born up. Oh, I should imagine if I was a baby leader, I'd say, Oh, Dad, thank you so much. I thought I was going to die then. And then Father soars up into the heaven and tips us off. Second time down. Down we come. This time a little more. Then underneath Father comes. And we're up again. Don't do it again, Dad. But both I say it, out. Third. And then, perhaps third, fourth, Fifth time, we learn to use our wings. There's no other way to use your wing. Now I wonder, if we're honest, is that what the Lord is beginning to do with some of us? Disturb the nest? You know, our group meetings are something like this as well. It's much, much cosier to be together and to rely on the big guns. <coughs> You know, the prayer times, here are people who've got real authority in prayer, someone else will, will think, oh, it's good to be together, because there we can get to grips with things and get things done. But you see, short-term policy is very simple. Let's all stay together. And then the wings of the vast majority will never be exercised. Better to let us all hurtle for a while and be discontented and say, oh dear, these groupings, they're so dull and boring, we never get any, we never seem to clinch things, we never seem to grip things, and so on. Much better for you to have to wake up to the fact there's no good blaming your leaders, no good blaming this one. You have got to do something yourself. We don't like it when the nest gets disturbed, when the pieces get pulled out when the Lord, as it were, starts to shake everything and then turf us all out so that we're on our own for a while. We're not really on our own at all. It is the greatest love in the world that turfs us out. Because what that love of God is seeking to do is to make us be what we were born to be. 
Make us master the elements for which we have been designed. An eagle is built in such a way that it can soar into the heavens. In the end, it can use the air currents in such a way that it can go up higher and higher without such a lot of energy. An eagle can fly and fly and fly and fly, and using the air currents can use a minimum of energy. But how could the baby know that? When you're a little fluffy eaglet with a big beak and two bright eyes, and very awkward looking. And you say, little eaglet, you were designed to fly in the heavens. It sounds so silly. It's a comedy, a Walt Disney comedy. Why, you could laugh yourself hoarse about it. That silly little thing, flying in the heavens. I look at some Christians and sometimes think that. <laughs> silly thing. That one ever going to be a prayer warrior? You know, it shows how superior we can, I can be anyway. I expect you can as well. You know, we get very busy. So it's a poor material. You're with them for a thousand years. They'd never learn how to pray. They don't know the first thing about following the anointing. Not in them. But it is. If God has saved them. The poorest material God has saved, God can so work on that it becomes a thing of incredible beauty. Because when you were saved, God put into your birth the very energies and resources that can finally bring you to fulfillment. The design, it, it, the concept, if you like, whatever, however you like to put it, in his mind, when he brought you to birth through Christ, can be fulfilled. You may not seem to be fully conformed to the image of God's Son, but when God saved you, he had an aim and an objective, and he has not been deterred from it. And he in, has given you in your birth and through the finished work of the Lamb every single thing required to bring you right through to completion. So take heart and take courage. You see, if God is disturbing your nest and you feel that, oh, dear, this is impossible, suddenly the little world that was so cozy and so, so pleasant and so secure, I've lost it. It's all different. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean, by the way, that um, uh, the meeting ceases. Sometimes what happens is just the Lord injects a little bit of whatever it is into our temperament and mentality. And what we up to now were so happy with and found so what we no longer find. We say, oh dear, you know what's happening? You've got to the stage where you've got to learn to fly. And something inside of you is saying to you all the time, look here, you can't stay at this stage all your life. You've got to learn to fly. You've got to, you're going to be tipped out the nest. You've got to learn. You know, sometimes we can have a wonderful experience of the Holy Spirit. And I think you know me well enough to know that I believe in an experience of the Holy Spirit with all my heart. But you can have such glorious feelings at that time that the enemy almost gets you at that point just to depend on your feelings. And he's done a terrible work. Because there will come a time when you must endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And that is something altogether different to having lovely, cozy feelings. 
Then you have wings which you have got to exercise. It is an amazing thing how quickly feathers develop in a bird once it starts to use its wings and gets to a certain age. All that fluff disappears and the feathers come and they grow almost from day to day and in a moment or two, they're away. Isn't that amazing? You see it even with these silly blackbirds. I mean, you know how they squawk day and night for us to go out and chase off the cats. Um, I mean, one moment they're all little fluffy things in the nest, the next minute they've hopped out, much to the cat's delight, and within a few hours you suddenly see them flying round. It's all happened. It was a terrible experience. I mean, if we could have a kind of blackbird's testimony meeting, I'm sure every one of them would say, oh, it was the most terrible experience of my life. It seemed as if father and mother became nearly enemies. They, they just literally were interested in getting us out. And those cats. And meeting those human beings running around yelling. We didn't realize they were our friends. But when they learned to fly, they said, oh, you know, we, it had to be. So it is with the Lord and you. And then, of course, there is this wonderful word about mounting up um, in Isaiah 40 and uh, verse 39. They, they, uh, 31, chapter 40, verse 31, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. So the Lord bears us up. He trains us. But then we have to mount up with wings as eagles. In Psalm 103 it says, Your youth shall be renewed as the eagle. Well, I don't know whether you're beginning to feel old, some of you. Spiritually, you know, you can just feel the same thing. After you've been the Lord's for about five, six, seven years, ten years, you begin to feel a bit of age. Don't ever think that you're meant to feel age spiritually. A wonderful thing about spiritual age, it is renewed youth. Vitality. When you're young, you take the initiative so often. When you're young, you've got life, you've got energy. That's the wonderful thing about growing up in Christ. Instead of getting weaker, although wiser, you should become stronger, able to take the initiative more clearly, renewed as the eagle. What a wonderful word this is in Isaiah 40. It says, they shall all faint and fall, even the youth shall faint and be weary. The young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles flying in the heavens. Well, dear child of God, I think that's what the Lord wants to do with you and me.
He doesn't want us just to be in that first stage. There are three stages then that we see in this in connection with eagles, as we see it in the Old Testament. The first is the nest, and that is a period when we are mollycoddled by the Lord. Everything is done for us rightly. A wonderful sense of security, a wonderful sense of comfort, a wonderful sense of warmth, a wonderful sense of the nearness of the Lord, food on time, everything done for us. That's the first stage. The second stage, the nest shaken to pieces and we are turfed out. And then we find the Lord comes with us, under us, bears us up just at the right time. Are you finding that in your experience that whereas before the Lord was there, you only had to whimper and he was there? Now you whimper for quite a while and he doesn't appear. I say, what's happened? What's happened? What's gone wrong? It's not working. It's not working. My salvation isn't working. Why, I remember I used to cry to the Lord and he was there instantly. Now I cry and cry and cry and he doesn't come anywhere near me. I must have sinned. I must have sinned. You haven't sinned at all. You're just growing. It's as simple as that. You haven't sinned at all. I mean, there may be times when by sin, the Lord... The Lord never goes away when a person sins. It's a very interesting thing. Only when they sin and sin and sin when he warns and warns and warns. Strangely enough, when a believer sins, the Lord is very near to them. Have you found that? Very near to them. Not to condone them, but to save them from destruction. No, 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 you, you've, you've been, you used to have that wonderful experience where you only had to peep and the Lord was there. A whimper. And he had his arms around you. Just a little cry and oh, lovely, comfortable feeling of warm feathers. <laughs> All around you. No more. No more feather beds now. Now you cry and you cry and you cry and the Lord's not there. But have you also noticed that suddenly then the Lord is there? And ah, we're back to the old days. He's, he's with us again. Thank you, Lord. And then up for just a few moments. And you're on your own again. Oh, how you cry as you hurtle earthwards. You think, I don't know whether I like this Christian life. All ups and downs. First the Lord's with me on the up, and then I'm on my own down. <laughs> then he catches me and we're up again, and then on my own down. You're not backsliding. You're learning to live. That's all. You're just learning how to fly. Well, praise the Lord. Don't you want to grow up? Don't you want to learn to do what you were designed for? Don't you want to learn how to reign with Christ? Rule with Christ? Sit together in heavenly places with Christ? Don't you want to learn how to disarm the enemy? How to paralyze the forces of darkness? How to bring in the kingdom of God? 
Well then, thank God for the stage you're in, all these ups and downs. Praise him. No feelings. It's a sign of the Lord's favor. Praise him for it. He's teaching you something. Teaching you to fly by faith. And the third stage, the Lord helps us to know a renewing as the eagle, a renewing of our strength by waiting for him. Anyone who collapses in the work of the Lord, it is because we have gone ahead of the Lord or lagged behind. There are sufficient resources for every one of us in Christ for anything God has called us to, providing we wait for the Lord. Those that wait for him shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. May the Lord help you and me in this matter, if your nest is being disturbed, don't fear. The Lord is with you. Maybe some problem has come to you, some affliction, some inexplicable circumstance, and as much as you pled with the Lord to remove it, he hasn't. Don't get upset. The Lord is disturbing your nest. He's tipping you out. He won't forsake you. It's all part of the Lord's education. And in the end, you will mount up with wings as eagles. Shall we pray? Somewhere or other, Lord, all of us in this room come into this message. Whether, Lord, we're just saved and wonderfully being cared for by Thee, or whether, Lord, we're feeling a great disturbance of our conditions and situation and a sense, Lord, of somehow being on our own. Or, Lord, whether we are in that stage where we've got to learn to wait on Thee and wait for Thee. Lord, we have all found somewhere in this today. Lord, teach us. Apply thy word to every one of us. For those, Lord, who feel very crestfallen at the present time, who feel somehow or other something's gone wrong with their experience, they don't feel as they used to feel in all these... Lord, wilt thou deliver them from deception and help them to see that it's all part of thy education. Help us all to trust thee. And Lord, how glad we are Thy desire is that we do not faint nor fall, but that our youth is renewed as the eagle, that we mount up with wings as eagles. Lord, that's where we want to be, living in the heavenlies with Thee, where there is all that wonderful provision. My God shall supply every need of Yours according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus whether all the blessings and all the completeness and fullness, Lord, that's where we want to learn to live 
even whilst on this earth. So, Lord, help us all to learn from thee this morning. Write this word on our hearts. Where it is not understood, store it, Lord, in our memory, in our heart. Come back into life at the right time. And we ask it all in the name of our Lord.